Hello, everyone, and welcome to the First Love Podcast. I'm always praying and asking the Lord about what to share, and many, many times, as in this case, my mind had so many thoughts and ideas about what to share, but I think what I've settled on, primarily because of two things that happened, one just this past week, and then something I heard on the radio not so long ago, has led me to want to revisit the Lord's Prayer. I know at different times I've spoken about this and done a little bit of reflecting on it, and I was telling Peter that I was checking something quickly this morning in the commentary and realized, wow, there's so much to be delved into, and maybe at some point I'll go even deeper into this whole prayer. But I think what I want to share with you is what these two experiences that I had and then why they've brought the Lord's Prayer back to mind as just something so valuable as a structure of a way to pray. And perhaps maybe I'll conclude this with just reminding again that we're not the only ones praying, but also as I've been working on my thesis, I ended up spending some good time in John 17 and just reading aloud Jesus's prayer for us. And then being reminded that someone actually put in one of the commentaries I read that Jesus is the one who's interceding for us in heaven, and the Holy Spirit is the one who is interceding for us on earth. And that comes out of Romans 8, 26 through 28. So anyway, why the Lord's Prayer? Why am I sensing to say something about this again? As I mentioned, two things. One is on Tuesday of this past week, and today as I'm recording is actually a Friday, on Tuesday night... I went to the Danvers Public Library, not to study or to find a book, but actually to pray. Our church, together with six other churches, are a part of something called the North Shore Gospel Partnership. In fact, Peter goes to the North Shore Baptist, and they're a part of that. There were several people, actually, at the meeting on Tuesday night that were from Peter's church as well. And it's a a partnership of churches, and and hopefully we'll see more than just the seven. But one of the things they wanted to do was to have these prayer meetings in the public libraries of the towns that most of the churches are from. And everybody who came that night, and there was 18 of us actually, go to the different churches but live in the town of Danvers. And so it was a chance for us to come together as believers in Danvers, and pray together for the Lord to move in our specific town as well as in the churches that we represented, etc., etc. Well, the one who was leading the prayer time was actually Father Tim from the Anglican Church in Danvers, Christ the Redeemer. And he chose to use the Lord's Prayer as the structure by which we would spend the hour praying together. And it just really encouraged me to remember that, yeah, that prayer was primarily about a structure, not so much to be just run through verbatim, said over and over and over again as is, but that it was really intended, at least most believe, that it was intended to be a structure, that those petitions would be a launching pad for that particular idea, that particular thing to pray for. And so that's what we did. Over the course of the hour, we ran down through the six petitions, three of which are on God's behalf, the other three are on our behalf. 
And so it caused me to just want to focus on that again. And here's the other reason. As I mentioned, there was something else that happened. I was driving up to my small group sometime, can't remember exactly how long ago, but if you remember, many of us, especially if you're listening and you're in the New England area, former Cardinal Law passed away sometime recently. On the news that morning, the broadcast was sharing little interviews they'd had with people, particularly people who had experienced pain through some of the priests and Cardinal Law not addressing that. And what happened was that I heard this one woman's statement who her children had experienced harm. She made this comment where she said, you know, what he did was so wrong. She said, I can't even muster a prayer for him, much less forgive him. And I thought, wow, how tragic and also how telling, I think, in terms of the Lord's Prayer. Because my first thought was to think, okay, this gal probably goes to Catholic Church, and in their tradition in particular, but in many of our traditions, like for Tim's church, the Anglican Church, there is a part in the liturgy where we always say the Lord's Prayer. And even at the church where I go, the harbor, we, every Sunday, do in fact say the Lord's Prayer together. Well, what struck me was that, yeah, almost like the Pledge of Allegiance, which that's so funny because this morning as I was praying, we have a grade school that's right behind our house, and they have this loudspeaker, and I could hear them doing the Pledge of Allegiance this morning, and I hear it pretty often if I'm quiet and noticing, but all of you remember when you had to memorize the Pledge of Allegiance, it became a point where those words were meaningless. You could just fly through it, right? Pledge of Allegiance to the flag, United States of America, and... And all you want to do is get through it and sit down and get on with what's happening. Well, in some ways, the Lord's Prayer can become like that because it's known and familiar and because we do it often. You can simply just say it without being connected to it emotionally and intellectually and, and really genuinely pray those petitions, not just say them but genuinely pray them. And again, in the case of this gal, I was thinking of the wording of that petition that says, and Lord, forgive us our debts, and some traditions trespasses. But the literal word is in fact debts. Forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors, the ones who owe us something, the ones who have wronged us and are indebted to us. But it has this assumption that we have forgiven and then that the Lord would forgive. And what's really kind of crazy and remarkable is that in so many of our traditions, we conclude the prayer with, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. And most, if not all, actually, scholars recognize that that was some sort of a later addition and that the prayer actually really ends after and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And if that's the case, then right after the prayer, it's almost like Jesus feels compelled to have to return to the forgiveness petition. Because if you take away that yours is the kingdom, power, and the glory forever, right after deliver us from the evil one, the very next sentence then is, for if you forgive men when they sin against you. And in this case, it's not debts, but it literally is if they've offended you. 
If you forgive men when they offend you, sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. I mean, that's a hard statement. Just consider that. And yet here over public radio, this woman says, because of what he's done and particularly allowed to happen to my children, I can't even muster a prayer for him, much less forgive him. I mean, the sad part is she seemed to have no understanding of how that's totally contrary to the heart of God and to a prayer she probably says daily, maybe several times a day, at least whenever she goes to church. And yet here the assumption is by Jesus is that we are asking God to forgive us because we have forgiven And recognizing again is that it's still primarily based on God forgiving us first. That shows up in Matthew 18 in particular about the the parable of the king who forgives the servant the great debt, and then the servant goes out and demands that someone else who owes him practically nothing demands that they need to pay or wants to throw him in jail. And again, the strong wording at the end there is that, folks, you need to forgive in the same way that the Lord has forgiven you. It's so important to the heart of God. So anyway, it was kind of these two experiences of praying the Lord's Prayer line by line over the course of an hour together. And then it caused me to think about what that lady had said. And that I couldn't help as I was driving to my group that morning. I just kept pondering that, like, Lord, how many other people are harboring unforgiveness in their hearts yet say this prayer over and over and over again? And so it caused me to think about that again as I was praying about what to share with you. And so for today, all I really want to do is highlight the first part and then just to remind us of the petitions, and then I'll continue with those in the coming podcasts. The prayer begins, Our Father, which most scholars believe that the word there was in fact Abba which was Aramaic for father, which even was the more intimate, childlike word, daddy. Actually, I didn't even think about saying this, but I'm going to do it. I feel led by the Lord to tell you this, that I have heard all my life my father preach and teach about this idea of Abba, of like we would say, dada or mama. An intimate connection with the Father in such a way that God, in fact, would be that personal, that close, that intimate, and that we could address him that way, because indeed, that's how Jesus addressed him. And we were challenged through our pastor to think of a name for God, ask the Lord to give you one that you could say over and over again and just meditate. And I remember right away that Sunday... I thought of the word daddy, and I got to tell you, I've always been uncomfortable with that. It just feels weird, like, no, he's the almighty God, you know, and I know father gives a little bit more dignity maybe or something, but I want to tell you what's been happening to me because of that. Over the last, maybe it's been about a month now, one of the things that I actually had written in my journal within the last couple months was this awareness and confessing to the Lord that, Father, I still struggle so much to come to you for comfort. 
that a lot of times when I'm in pain or I'm struggling or whatever, my normal knee-jerk reaction is to just want to withdraw, I want to avoid, I want to hide. Most of the time, I just want to bury myself in TV and escape. And so I had begun praying, Lord, I just so desperately want this to change. I want to come to you first when I'm struggling, when I'm hurting, even when I've done wrong. Well, to my great surprise, as I began regularly throughout the day to say, Daddy, Daddy, which I still love the fact that my adult girls, (laughs) 30 and 28, still call me Daddy. And it's just so precious to my heart. So here I'm listening to myself say, Daddy, Daddy. And what I noticed immediately was that it caused me to feel small, to feel dependent. And in my mind's eye, it immediately put me in the lap of God to be held, to be comforted just by saying, Daddy, And that God would say, Mark, come, sit on my lap. Let me hold you. Let me comfort you. Let me be big in the midst of you feeling overwhelmed and struggling. Friends, I got to tell you, it's been so rich for me recently that as I have made that, the word that I've been saying over and over again, it's caused me to feel a kind of care from the Lord, a comfort for the Lord, an intimacy with the Lord that I'm finally getting comfortable saying daddy and loving where that puts me it puts me as a child and puts me in a vulnerable weaker smaller place in his arms in his lap in his presence where he just wants to hold me in the same way that i loved holding my own kids and so jesus says when you pray say our father our daddy and in luke's version it's just daddy But I think in terms of just closing this one out is that it was interesting because as we began praying on Tuesday night in the library, we jumped right into your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, and hallowed be your name. And I felt compelled to have to back up and say, can we begin with our daddy? Where the thing that was so significant about being in the library that night, to me anyway, was that here we were from all these different churches, Christians in the same town. But in that prayer, it immediately reminded me, and I wanted to remind them that we, in that room at that moment, were daddy's children, and that together we were brothers and sisters first. And it made me think of Paul in Ephesians 3, 5, when he says, For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom his whole family in heaven and earth derives its name. Think about that. For this reason, I kneel before the Father from whom his whole family in heaven and earth derives its name. It is so important for us to remember that we are family. We are brothers and sisters. And even when we go to different fellowships, we belong to one another. We together call out, Daddy, We need you. We want you. We love you. Two things from the Lord then to just remind us of this awesome reality. 1 John 3, 1, he says, How great is the love that I, your Father, have lavished on you that you should be called my child, a child of God. 
And that is what you are. Friends, I just want to invite you, be a child. Begin prayer for the next week or two or three and just begin over and over at different times in the day. Just call out and say, Daddy, Daddy, and see if you don't have the same experience that you are reminded that you are a child of God and that it would remind you that those around you are also children of God. The other verse that made me want to say from the Father's heart to ours, John 1, 12 and 13. He says, to you who received Jesus, to you who believed in his name, I have given you the right to become my children, children born not of natural descent nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of me. Oh, friends, how desperately we need to just own that today. We are his child by his doing, by his will. We are his offspring. And he's made us his child through the Spirit's rebirth. And he would have us come in prayer. Yes, he is the sovereign God, the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. But he would also say, come and say, Daddy, And together we would say, our daddy. Lord, help us to love the others in our churches, in our community, with that kind of love, with that kind of intimacy, tenderness, and care that we belong to each other because we belong to you. We love you. Thank you for making us yours and inviting us into such an intimate relationship with you. You're the best, Lord. Amen. God bless you and enjoy interacting with Daddy today.